Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Well, hello, church. Welcome here. Thanks so much for tuning in, for joining us today. Uh, my name is Lucas. I'm one of the pastors here. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of my wife's heart, Trina, we love you. We love this church. I hope you know that. I hope you feel that. We love serving this house, this city. Uh, we love serving our pastors, Andy and Lisa. And so I'm thankful for this opportunity to preach to you today. Uh, before I get into the text, into our series, happy Valentine's Day. I guess I should say that. It's actually today on Sunday. And so I hope you're eating chocolate, maybe smelling some roses, because what better day to celebrate a dead old bishop in the third century who helped prosecuted Christians than to celebrate with chocolate. So there you go. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, and that just got really weird, probably wherever you're at, and I apologize for it. We are in week number six of our series called Healthy. Um, this series was really all about kickstarting, getting into 2021, creating healthy pathways for your emotional and spiritual well-being. That was the goal. That was the win. That was the, the joy. And so can I actually encourage you now um, maybe you're just tuning in for the first time. Maybe you heard just last week's. Go back. You should listen to the way Andy kicked this series off. Listen to the conversation Pastor Andy, Pastor Lisa had on the Sabbath. Find the deep dive content, the different things that are going out to small groups. Those can be found as well. This is encouraging content. This is good for your soul. This is gonna be helpful in your spiritual journey. And I just really wanna want to trust and believe that you're taking a look at all of it. And so do that because even today's sermon really is kind of, I don't know, part two, maybe one B, if you will, of Pastor Darren's. They're, they're definitely linked. And I wanna encourage you to take a look at his. He did such a great job because today we're talking about something, we're talking about something that every life will go through. We're really, we're, we're tackling something heavy, something hard, um, something that every person will face. You know, every person will be struck by tragedy. Every person will face very deep, hard, difficult, like hardship, if you know what I mean. Like there, there's gonna be a point where we, we, we are honestly, we're, we're walking down the path of life. We're, we're consistently journeying on and we, it looks clear. It's cut out. We know where we're headed. We have that person we're with or that career we're excited about. And then out of nowhere, the pathway just becomes foggy. Maybe we make a mistake and, and that's the, the unfortunate result of, of whatever happens. And, and so it becomes a little less clear. Or maybe out of nowhere, way from le out of left field, there the, the becomes like a wall. And it becomes like we just, we can't walk forward any longer. It's this emotional, spiritual wall that we can't seem to, to get through. What am I actually meaning? Let me clarify what I mean by the wall. Because there, this will happen. Like this isn't something that is just a figure of speech. Like Jesus even says to his disciples, actually, before he goes to the cross in, in John chapter 16, he's having this conversation with his disciples and he says to them, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. I have to go and do something now. And it may not make sense. And, and they get frustrated and anxious. And they say, why are you saying this to us, Jesus? And he actually says in chapter 16, verse 33, one of my favorite verses, he says, I'm telling you this so you'll have peace in this world you will have trouble. In this world, you will face trouble. Jesus paints this very clear picture for us. It's not all roses and rainbows. It's not just prosperity, prosperity, prosperity. In fact, even a life with me, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you're young or old, the reality is we will all face a journey 
through the wall. Today's sermon is called The Wall, The Journey Through the Wall. And I need you to hear this, church. I don't say this to scare you. I want us to grow spiritually. I want us to look at this because this will happen. We will face a wall. Let me go a little bit deeper even to what I mean by the wall. Um, This is kind of my first thought, my first point for you. The wall is not an everyday trial. What, What do I mean? Like trials are traffic jams, you know? Trials are the fact that my son likes to flip his Cheerios up every day. And there I am cleaning it. Trials are the fact that your boss maybe has perfect hair every single day and you can't handle it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a trial. A trial is your car breaks down. I just had to put new brakes on my 05 pilot. A setback, money I didn't want to spend, but, but there it is. You know, it's, it's being sick for a few days. That's a trial. That happens. That can feel heavy, sure, but it's, it's not a wall. What I mean by the wall is, is I'm talking about reeling from a cancer diagnosis. I'm talking about going through a divorce and there's kids and, and it's so messy. I'm talking about losing a loved one like Pastor Darren preached last week. I'm talking about like a wayward son or even, you know what, the inability to have children year after year or to find a partner or to get into that career year after year, that hope continually feeling diminished. I'm talking about wanting something, seeing something and unable to to get to it. That is just like this giant wall is right in place and emotionally and spiritually, there is absolute zero breakthrough. I'm talking about brick by brick, looking at something like betrayal or an affair. I'm talking about something heavy and hard. And the reason why I wanna point out trial versus the wall and that's what I'm gonna to continue to reference is, is this really heavy, difficult hardship, this moment of suffering that every human, every person will face. The reason why I wanna differentiate is because I'm seeing two different things happen, two, almost two groups of people, not specific to any generation, but just the fact that I'll see people who look at the wall and be like, you know, that's not really that bad. Yeah, I know a divorce was hard, heavy, but they almost wanna brush it aside. Yeah, you know, my spouse, we're not together anymore. It's, it's just not a big deal at all. It's not, it's not a thing. You know what? The Bible said that, you know, I should rejoice in my sufferings. And this is just one of those. And they almost kind of cast it aside. They, they minimize the effect of trauma and the impact of difficulty that it's really having on their emotional and, and spiritual growth. It's stunting them. And on the other side, we have, we have everything is the wall. No matter how big, no matter how small, the whole world's coming and crashing down. I was talking to someone recently and it was like, I am just in a rut. It's really heavy. I, I just broke up with my girlfriend. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm sorry. How, how long you've been together? Four days. Four, four days. I've had sandwiches last longer than that. Like friends, that's a trial. That's a setback. And if we over explain or over dramatize the everything in our life to become a wall, we'll never actually paved our way through the real things that come along. And I'm concerned, I really am, that, that we're over, over maximizing the epicness of trials or underminimizing the impact of the wall and the trauma that comes. And in fact, we need to find the balance. Yeah, we have trials and yes, there's the wall, but how do we actually battle through it and what does it look like in our life? One of the best characters that we could look at, I think is the character of Job. 
And it's a long book. I, I, I'm going to summarize lots of it. And I, I trust you'll lend me that. And I will definitely read some scripture, but there's a lot of suffering here. There's a lot of hardship, but it really helps us understand and clarify what the wall is, how does it look, and how God interacts with us in that mess. Job is, is an old character. This, this book is written a long time ago. And it's kind of interesting that the writer gives us two perspectives, kind of heaven and earth. And, and, and in heaven, there's kind of this meeting. It's almost like a board meeting is happening and, and God has angels come and they're, they're talking. And, and then God has this conversation with Satan or Satan, the Hebrew word, which means the accuser. And he says, hey, look at, look at, my, look at my guy named Job. He's blameless, he's upright. He's this outstanding citizen. Now that is a man of God. And then Satan responds to God and says, whoa, 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 whoa. And, and he says something really interesting. It says this, Job 1, verse 9 through 12. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him in his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hand so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has. And he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself, do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So what happens here? They have a conversation. Job's, again, he's a really good guy. He's doing everything by the book. And then they have this conversation and now Satan's allowed to go and kind of begin to mess around. I want to point out a few things. First and foremost, that Satan has to ask permission. Hey, hey, hey God, is, what do you think about this experiment I want to try? He doesn't have the power to go and mess up Job's life. He has to ask God permission. Then God extends the permission. And in fact, Satan even says in verse 11, he, Satan says, now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you. God is involved in this. Like he sees this. My first and, and probably the biggest point we'll talk about today is that God brings us to the wall. Whoa, 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 pastor. Hold on. God has a plan to prosper me. He has a future for me, not to harm me. What are, you, what, are you, what are you saying here? I'm saying that God brings us to the wall. I'm saying that clearly here, God allowed this to take place. Didn't force it upon him, but he definitely saw it. He, he, he recognized it. And I, I think we need to not forget it was God who asked Abraham to wait 25 years before having a son. 25 years before having a son. And, and then when he gets Isaac, he says, hey, listen, I want you to go sacrifice him. It was God who brought Moses to the wall and said, yeah, we may come out of Egypt. Sure, but get, then you're gonna probably, you're gonna have to wander for 40 years. And then even so, you're not gonna see the promised land. Sorry, Moses. That's gonna be Caleb and Joshua. It was God who put David and made him king, but then still gave the people Saul. And then David's fleeing for his life multiple times as Saul tries to kill him, even though he's been anointed king. It was God's idea for Jesus to go on the cross. That was, that was God bringing Jesus to the wall. It was God who put Job in the position to lose his health, his prosperity, for 10 of his children to die. And that's what happens. So how do we handle this tension that's, that's, that's clearly difficult? How do we have a solid theology of suffering here? I wanna be clear, God loves you. He is for you. He does not wanna harm you. But when it comes to our theology, we need to understand that in this perfect world that he set up in the garden of Eden, God wanted to give us 
free will. He gave us a choice to love him, a choice to worship him, a choice to choose him and to be our guide and to be our Lord. He gave us that beautiful choice. And in that, we chose sin. We chose knowledge. And, and what happened was a, like a fracture in this system. Our world is now broken. Friends, you need to understand the moment sin entered our world, so did hardship. So did brokenness. So did painful moments, tragedy. So did every pain, every hardship we'll ever face. But rather than running from it, rather than trying to erase it, God says, no, watch this. Although we've chosen to sin, although we make mistakes, although there's brokenness in our world, I, being God, wanna choose to show you how I'm gonna use brokenness in the world to actually bring something beautiful in your life. I wanna I want take the broken and watch, I'm gonna make it for your benefit. I think we love when, when we hear the, the, when we sing songs about brokenness into beautiful, you know, or, or, or painful into purposeful. When the, when the pastor preaches something with all the peace, pain into purpose. We love the analogy. We love the analogy of the broken and beautiful, but we don't love the reality. It really sucks when it's, when it's us. It's really hard when it's our turn. I think in 2020, it really like kind of leveled the playing field after this last year where we were all faced with such heavy difficulty and the analogy became reality. We were all faced with this wall of what to do next. Where do I go? I've lost my job. My finances are gone. God, where are you? Because right now I see a whole lot of wall and I don't see any way through. And this becomes really difficult, but you have to understand if God brought us to it, he's gonna bring you through it. And we'll see that as we continue on in the story. If we keep reading though, it's interesting. Before it gets better, it gets worse. Job's life, like Satan says, you know what? It wasn't enough. You're right, because Job actually never recanted. He actually, through all that pain and suffering in that first chapter, says, the Lord giveth, he taketh away, but I'll still praise the Lord. And then after he, he keeps going, in fact, he wants blood. He's like, well, you didn't hurt his, his body physically, God. So you know what? Give me that opportunity. And God allows it. And so then finally, Satan boils all over Job's body. He's in such pain. In fact, in Job 2, verse 9 and verse 10, Job's wife begins to talk to him and he's like, uh, are you still maintaining your integrity? His wife said, curse God and die. Job replies, you were talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, again, in all of it, Job did not sin in what he said. It's interesting you then it would expect to get better. But then what happens is Job has three friends come along and they try and explain the whole thing about the wall. Well, you know what? You know why you're in the place? You know why you're facing a wall? It's because you must have sinned. You must have done something wrong. They really try and encapsulate and define justice. They begin to paint a human picture of what justice should look like. And they begin to kind of begin to describe, excuse me, what they believe God's idea of justice looks like. They, they try and theorize and make philosophical sense and spiritualize the whole thing. And Job continues to say, listen, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. And here's what sometimes happens with the wall. We try and explain the wall away. We try and explain 
the wall away. It's not a big deal. It doesn't, you know what it is? This is what happened. Oh, God's just testing me. Oh, this or that. Or we have friends that come. You know what? Maybe you didn't pray hard enough. Maybe you don't have enough faith. And we try and theorize and spiritualize and we throw scripture out of context and friends. What do you do to a man like Job? How do you actually quantify all of that? And all we do is try and throw language and podcasts and self-help at it when it doesn't get us healthy. It actually makes us take steps further away from the freedom and the emotional, spiritual health we desire and need and God wants us to take. The great writer, Peter Scazzario said, every follower of Jesus at some point will have to confront the wall. Failure to understand its nature results in great long-term pain and confusion. And then he says this, and it really struck a chord with me, receiving the gift in the wall. Receiving the gift in the wall, however, transforms your life forever. There's a gift here. There's something beneficial here. And I know we don't like it. I know it's hard to see. But eventually Job gets done. He's just fed up. He can't do anymore. He's done with his suffering. He's done with his friends. He's done with his wife. He's honestly, he's, he's done with God. And so he gives up on all this. This is chapters and chapters in. And he goes to God and he has a conversation, a real, raw, honest conversation. He's hurting. He's calling for justice. He's calling for answers. He's asking why. So God, in only the way he can, and only the way that God can, he actually takes... Job kind of on this virtual journey, he, he kind of shows him the world. He shows him all that he oversees. He shows him the whole picture. He says, Job, you don't get how big this whole thing is. I'm over all of it and I know all of it. I know right where you are. I know right how you're feeling. And it's kind of my last point. I wanna make sure you get this. Job, Job begins to understand and he has the humility to see that there is both a master of the wall and mystery in the wall. There's both a master of the wall and yet for us on earth right now in 2021, there's going to be a bit of mystery. Honestly, you can look up for yourself, but commentator after commentator, like God doesn't actually give a formal answer. He doesn't give the perfect answer. He says, you, you, you call out for justice, yet you don't, Remember that I'm also a God of grace. Like we can't just take one term and make it the totalitarian view of only thing, the only characteristic that God is. And he says, you have to understand that I'm, that I'm bigger than your thoughts, right? Like Isaiah, Isaiah says. You know, I was reading a story with Georgia the other night. My wife, she, she bought Georgia the best books this Christmas, like really good books, not just like, where's my pony? You know, I can't, I can't just, you know, if you're happy and you know it, I can't do it anymore. And so Trina, Trina got these awesome books for G and, and, and she loves to read. And so we were reading it the other night and, and it's, called, it's called God's Very Good Idea. And I encourage you to get it. And it has, it's great picture, it's beautiful and the drawings are awesome. And it paints the whole picture of creation and the cross and there's a salvation call. I got saved last night reading a story to my, my girl. Okay guys, like it was, it's beautiful. And so we're reading this story and, and there's this one part in the middle of the book where, where they talk about sin and brokenness, and hardship, and pain. And these two kids are making fun of this one kid. And Georgia looks at me, she says, Daddy, why are they, why are they making fun of, of her or him? I can't remember. I, I don't know. I don't know, G. But why would they say mean things? You know, some of my friends say mean things. I've even said mean things. Why, why do we say mean things? Well, G, why do you think we say mean things? I don't know. 
Why are people mean? Why do people hurt my feelings? Why does, why are you asking these questions, Georgia? You know, like it's time to go to sleep, that's why. But we just sat there and she continued to ask why, 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 why? And I, I just had to stop her and I said, gee, sometimes we don't always know why, but we can always ask who. We can always say who can help us in the hurt. We don't always know why we have the hurt, but we can always ask, we can always ask who can help us in the hurt. And even my daughter, sweet four-year-old Georgia, even she knows the right answer, you know? Like we know the answer here. She's like, Jesus can help me. Jesus can help me in this. Jesus can help me to be nice. He can show me kindness. Like, that's right, G, you're getting it. Look, and he even, and then I show her, he even dealt with the hardships of the world. He even took on the weight of brokenness. He understands the pain. He understands the wall. He went to it for you on the cross. He gets it, church. And sometimes we, we make no mistake, friends. If God will bring you to the wall, he'll certainly bring you through it. We just have to have the understanding. We need to be we need to have the, hopefully the awareness that God is both master of the wall, yet there will be some mystery. We won't always understand why, but we can always understand who or ask who. I love that verse, being confident in even this, Paul says in, to, to the church in Philippi, that he who started that good work will carry it on until the completion right? Like until Christ Jesus comes back, that's what he's saying. He'll carry it through, trust in him. Paul says that from prison. He's not in a good place there. He's facing a wall himself. And he says, trust Jesus, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Trust him, trust him in the wall, trust him in the process. Trust him in the grieving. If you're facing a wall, church, if you're facing a wall, wherever you may be, you can turn to Jesus. But here's what, I, can I give you a piece of application today? one thought for you to really actually try. Turn to Jesus and wait. Turn to Jesus and wait. Wait at the wall if you have to. Just sit, get down on your knees if you must. Like do whatever it takes, but he's not gonna just put you here. He's also gonna push you through. He's gonna travel with you. He's gonna guide you. Sit and wait, trust him, talk to him. He wants that moment with you. And if you're not a Christian, can I just suggest that rather than maybe try to explain it away or theorize it or make sense, to try and rather than trying to discover the mystery, maybe the issue is not a physical one, a physical wall, but really the battle is, is spiritual. And that what you need is not necessarily a theory, but a partner in a journey through the wall. I can't imagine thinking of this doing it alone. In fact, I can't promise you anything because you will have trouble, but, but here's the promise that Jesus gives. Let me finish that verse we started with in John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Statement, truth. But here's the promise, church. Here's the promise. But take heart, have great courage, another version says. I have overcome the world. You see every single wall, every single piece of brokenness, every single piece of hardship and suffering, Jesus put on himself. He faced the wall, he defeated the great wall. And now your wall is not one you have to carry alone or journey through alone. But in fact, he goes with you, church. It's the greatest news there is. It's the gospel truth that yeah, there's trouble, that yeah, there's difficulty, but Jesus wants to do it with you. He wants to carry you forward. So journey with him. Choose Jesus.
Because the truth is there's gonna be pain. There's gonna be hardship, but he wants to do it with you. And so right now on, on the screen, a number is popping up. If you wanna choose Jesus, if you wanna say, yeah, I've been a part of this sin. I've made the mistake. I've been a part of the brokenness, but I don't wanna go through it alone. In fact, I want salvation. I want that grace that Pastor Lucas is talking about. Text that number. We wanna reach out to you. We wanna pray with you. We wanna have a conversation with you. Maybe you're watching on church online. Click that raise a hand button, but commit to him, trust him and wait with him because he wants to do life with you and he is for you and you are not alone in this journey through the wall. Let me pray with you. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would go and you would move in every heart. God, would we know that yes, there's difficulty, that yes, there may be walls we have to face, but our God does not make us do it alone. In fact, he transforms us. He moves us towards being more like you, Jesus. God, I pray for every person watching that they would know there's a God who, who, who recognizes the trouble and wants to partner with them through it. That their life, they don't have to lead it alone, but in fact, there's a great salvation waiting for them. And so Jesus, I pray right now that every person would know you are for them, you are with them, and that whatever they may be facing, you love them and you wanna do it with them. Jesus, move in only ways you can. We ask all of this in your name, amen.